Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lions fans, this is the podcast you've been waiting for. where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys whose 40 times qualify them for a Matt Patricia defense. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 361, your game preview. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is the most eloquent man in radio, the effervescent and awesome Tony T-O-R-T's. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing, Chris. How are you? Uh, uh, good. I'm so glad to have you again. I love Fridays. This is a, this is a fun, very light show. Mm-hmm. Everything's possible. I need it after I need it after a, a long week. It's like I need to just decompress and relax and you are absolutely the perfect man to help me decompress and relax oh, I'm gonna as blush. crazy as that might sound i'm gonna blush <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're gonna do a quick talk about the ravens just because you can't not and um tony has so much experience in this stuff he can probably help give us a little you know extended therapy uh we're also going to talk about the preview of the lions and the bears we're going to kick off the saint jude christmas for the kids it's October. Yeah, we're like yes. Target. We're starting early. Uh, I got the injury report. We have game predictions and a whole lot more. T.O., you ready to go, my friend? I am ready. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Let's get right into it. I normally do the meta thing here where we start talking about the history, but I'm going to pause, Tony, because I want to look back. You were, I, I like, you have a whole new level of, um, it's like Tony the Greek. You were right. You were so right about this. Is the, that Baltimore game was a game that the Lions could absolutely win. And effectively, I mean, they did everything required to win the game. It just didn't go in the books that way. <laughs> right. Well, they had a few things. Okay, everybody wants to blame the officials. And look, yes, that was definitely a delay of game call that should have been made. No doubt about it. But leading up to that, Chris, there were a few things the Lions did to themselves. The biggest one to me was that fourth and 19. You cannot allow a team to convert a fourth and 19 that late in the game. Before that, though, the last drive for the Lions, they ran three plays and then kicked a field goal. Stay aggressive. You were aggressive getting down the field. Stay aggressive. Go for the touchdown. Don't just settle for the field goal. And then the other thing that drove me nuts, Chris, was the kickoff afterwards. Don't boom it through the end zone. Kick it to the point where somebody, an up man, the returner, can return it. Let your let your kickoff team determine that you don't don't let them reach the 25. Stop them at the 20. Stop them at the 15 or even better yet. Maybe if it's an up man, you force a fumble. All of that could have taken the officials out of the game. And as a coach once told me a long time ago, do enough during the game so that if an official makes a bad call, it doesn't affect the outcome. And the Lions just didn't do that late. And that's why Justin Tucker came along to kick a 66 yard field goal. And Lions fans basically had another chapter in the book of disappointing losses that they've seen from this franchise. Every there's so many games that are within three points of one another that mm-hmm. every almost every game 
is, or the majority of the games in a week at least, are within the hands of the officials messing up. It's just too close. There's too much parity in the league to say, right. hey, you have to be able to outplay both the other team and put yourself in a position where the officials can't hurt you. It just doesn't happen regularly enough. And that was just an egregious miss. And and we within a game where they've had problems with the um uh the the you know pass interference is subjective. They have so many yeah. of these subjective things. The clock shouldn't be subjective. And the fact that it is is just stunning. And I, I, I think the other part of it is is that they always find a new and exciting way to do this to the Lions, right? I mean, other teams take bad calls, but boy, do we get the newest and most exciting ones every – the Calvin – well, we'll talk about that one soon. Yeah, we will. <laughs> so, I mean, there's all sorts of – whether it's Tom Dempsey, whether it's the Calvin Johnson rule, whether it's Justin Tucker's first time killing the Lions yeah. – uh, whether it's Rogers to Rogers, the Hail Mary on a Thursday night in front of a national television audience, we could go through a ton of losses for the Lions where uh, the Golden Tate one where they got stopped ten at the seconds. one yard yep. line and then they ran off the 10 seconds and boom, another loss. Yep. We could talk about all these losses, but the bottom line is this. And I hate to say it this way, and you kind of said it, Chris. Sometimes you have to play well enough to outplay the officials, outplay the other team, and don't let the officials ruin the game and unfortunately too many times we've seen this happen where an official's call turned things around for the Lions oh yeah let's not forget about the playoff game in Dallas either yeah no absolutely that one that one was another one and, and the Dallas one I think was one where the team you, you, you they had time to overcome that one right sure and and they didn't they absolutely did absolutely. not and that was the part that was the most uh, frustrating but we're we'll, we'll, we'll go on we'll move on it took some time to look forward <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to didn't want to scratch any open wounds. Sorry, folks, but let's get into it. Uh, let's talk about the Lions met. Lions at the Bears. These teams have met 182 times over mm-hmm. the course of time, and it's only one less than the Packers and Lions. So, which is interesting because you would think it would. We've met the Packers once this year, so when we meet them, it'll be even. And you would right. think with the playoff games that it would be somewhat off. We'd have met one more than the other, but it's exactly even on the meetings for between both teams. That's interesting. Um, the Bears lead the series 102 to 75 and five. Um, the Lions, you know, 27 down on the wins and versus losses columns, but um, they're three games better in this series than they are against the Packers. Nice. <laughs> they got that going for them, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Lions won the last game and lost five in a row prior to that. Yep. But ahead of that, they won nine out of 10 in 2013 through 2017. Those were the, the golden years of uh, Schwartz and uh, Caldwell, I guess, right? <laughs> And uh, the last tie was in 1944, October 22nd. The very, very first game in the series was uh, 1930, and the Portsmouth Spartans, also known as the Lions, won 7-6, to six, which obviously shows that some things are not necessarily a, a look to the future, an indicator. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, um, I want to talk about stories, and the story I think that most fans today remember the most about the series was at Soldier Field, and it was the birth of the Calvin Johnson rule. Another opportunity for the uh, the officials to, to come and introduce themselves back in, I think it was 2007, Calvin's rookie year, right? Was it it's that? Calvin's rookie year, yep. yes. Yep. The one thing I remember from that game, Chris, is being there on the sideline and getting ready to interview Calvin, because when I saw him come down with the pass, it's like, the Lions have won this game, you know, they finally won a game in Chicago, go talk to the hero and you're sitting there and I'm scribbling notes real fast. Okay. This is what I'm going to ask. And then you saw the officials meet and it's like, what could they possibly be talking about? And from that point forward, everything just went downhill. And in one respect, it turned out to be a bigger story in the game than Calvin actually scoring the winning touchdown. But that game will always stick in my mind. Another one that'll stick in my mind. And you have to go back a little bit. 1980, the lions were playing the bears on Thanksgiving day. And the Lions kicked off to the Bears and ball game because the kick, Dave Williams returned to kick 95 yards, if I'm not mistaken, mm. and beat the Lions on the first play of overtime. Oof. See, another tough loss. Oof. Oof. <laughs> this one didn't do with the officials, though. <laughs> All right. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, by the way, not to bring open another wound. Guess who the Thanksgiving Day opponent is this year for the Lions? The Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears. And yes. we will have tickets for that game for folks ah. coming soon. Not today. Not today. Keep keep your shorts on. <laughs> Build the excitement. But uh, it is it is coming. Um, it is coming. We will have tickets uh, to give away. I think we're actually going to auction those for St. Jude 
for mm-hmm. the uh, Thanksgiving game. So there you go. Hey, Chris, there's a real fast Lions connection, too, with the Bears and this game coming up. Mm-hmm. The wide receivers coach for the Chicago Bears, Mike Furry. Yes. Lion. You, had a pretty you, good had a pretty good run as a Detroit Lions wide receiver. He is the wide receivers coach now for the Chicago Bears. So good guy. One of my favorite players that I ever had to cover and an, always root for him to have success. And so. you and him are still in touch, right? I mean, you guys actually, yeah, he's he was... I remember when he came. He came, if I remember right, he came with Martz from the Rams Correct. and that, that that greatest show on turf kind of offense. That was a lot of fun. It didn't quite work out as well as we thought, but it was definitely some fun years for for offense and lines. And 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 Furry was a guy that the, the fans loved. They absolutely yeah. loved to see him come out of nowhere and just just play as well as he did. He was fun to watch. I really like. We him. did a radio show for two years on on the ticket, and one of the funniest things, and I blame myself for this was we did it at a restaurant, Chris, and the restaurant that we did it at served just the greatest milkshakes. And the first show we did, I just was enjoying the milkshake. And Mike looks over and he said, hey, you really like that milkshake? I'm like, yeah, Mike, this is the best. It's a great milkshake. Why did I tell him that? Because every single show afterwards for the next 14 weeks, Mike had a milkshake waiting there for me at the table the moment I walked in. And he had arranged it with the manager of the restaurant. And it's like, Mike, I'm going to get you for this. The great thing was I had a milkshake every week, which was phenomenal. The bad thing, Chris, I gained about 10 pounds drinking those milkshakes during the show. So it was just incredible. But Mike is a great guy, a lot of fun. And again, a guy I root for and hope he has success no matter what level of coaching he's at in the NFL. And yes, I am rooting for the Bears to have a good showing, or at least their wide receivers have a good showing, and maybe not play as well, but at least the wide receivers played well. And he doesn't have a lot to work with there, so it's it'll be interesting to to see how they play out. I mean, I mean, Agreed. Robinson, obviously, yeah, right, right, right. he's he's amazing, but uh, from there, it's a it's a it's a steep fall. But yeah, no, he's a great. You have some of the most interesting stories along the way with the, the folks and the interactions the the wind in the in uh, the the dome the metrodome <laughs> stories we'll cover that maybe when the next week when we talk about you know what I, I think it's my natural personality i don't know i seem to attract people like miller like brandstatter like mike furry who seem to just basically i don't know pick with me and it's like okay there's a target on this guy's back let's get him so that's basically what it's come down to well it's because you're such a great guy it's you're so nice you know we we know we can play with you I'm not sure it's all that, but thank you. <laughs> well, it wouldn't you wouldn't be such a great guy if you weren't showing. Well, you would, but you still you show up every year for us with the St. Jude uh, charity fundraiser that we do, and we're just kicking that off right now, folks. Uh, St. Jude is kicking off. You can go to stjude.org/dlp and donate directly. Um, you see the little ticker up at the top. We're getting ready to start. We have our 24 hour live stream on November 5th, where we're going to go strong, go hard, and have a number of tiers along the way of some crazy things to do but starting in october we're going to have some folks doing some things as well right now if you donate at stjude.org slash dlp uh and use the hashtag jamie's pies jamie one of our slack patreon people is going to take a pie in the face and video it for every hundred dollars we raise uh and we'll put the video on the shows throughout the throughout the weeks of october and show them his his wife his kids his neighbors everybody's lining up i have an assumption that they're probably going to be donating money just so they can pie him in the face, but join the fun. Stjude.org <laughs> slash DLP, and uh, if you got some spare change in your pocket, do a do a donation, help us raise some money for Christmas for the kids. Let's help some sick kids out. That's what we're doing, and and we will end. We have an auction. There's some great stuff coming. We've got uh, a week long uh, stay in. A, it's like a VRBO, a rental in mm-hmm. um in uh, Colorado in the ski areas of the Aspenish area. Uh, Dave G has donated that he's got a, a rental that he owns there and it's going to be up for the auction, uh, a week in uh, Colorado to go skiing at a place to stay for, for, it's essentially whatever you buy it on in the auction. Really, really cool. Deandre Swift signed Jersey and ball TJ Hawkinson nice. signed ball. we got some great stuff coming and we'll have a great show for you on November 5th. So in the meantime, head over to St. Jude.org slash DLP and help us raise some money for Christmas for the kids. Jamie, you are my hero, and I have mad respect for you for taking a pie for every $100. So let's get Jamie really pied this time around. I want to see Jamie take a ton of pies to the mug. Please, let's get that goal. Let's see Jamie get pied. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, let's just get going. Uh, Detroit 
Uh, sorry, the Diamond CBD Injury Report. As we look forward, it's brought to you by Diamond CBD. Go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. They will set you up with the finest in CBD. Um, remember, there's two lines, and it depends on you know things at work and how you, what you do. Regular old CBD, you can take that, and uh, and you'll be fine. Take care of pain, anxiety, and insomnia, and you'll be good to go. Pass your drug tests and have all the efficacy that you're looking for. There's the Delta 8 and the Delta 10, which give you the... Th- the feeling they'll give you a buzz. Let's be honest. They just <laughs> just give you a buzz. Um, those won't you won't get through a, a drug test if you take those, but those things will definitely plant you in your chair for a while. Um, good stuff. Head over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com and hook yourself up. Take care of that brain of yours. All right, um, we've got a couple folks for the Lions that are out. The one that's been a little bit uh, questionable all week and been on the tip of people's tongue is Trey Flowers, Tony. Yeah. And he is out. He is not going to play officially on Sunday against Chicago. And that's got to be a concern because that's now 13 of the last 16 games that the Lions have played that Trey Flowers has not been able to play because of injury one way or the other. And I think if you're the Lions, that is a major concern. You are paying this guy a lot of money. You want to see him out there on the field. You want to see what he can do. You want to see if he is going to be a part of this team going forward. And the fact that he continues to miss games with injuries is a concern for this ball club. And he's a guy that I think is like is potentially someone that they look at trading off mm-hmm. for some cap relief next year. You would think that he would want to play to to land somewhere, or does he just is he just really done and want to collect? And and I don't want to I don't want to short circuit you know his his will to play right because right. but he's missed a lot and this is really hurting his value even as far as a trade. I mean it's just cap relief at this point. I think that we're going to get for him. I don't know that we're going to get a whole lot if it were today. Uh, as far as trade value. The problem here is there's twofold. One is you've got to get a team that's going to be interested in getting a guy like Trey Flowers. And look, I think he wants to play. I think he would like to play in Detroit. I think if he's healthy enough, he'll play here. And I think he would like to keep his NFL career going. The bigger problem is you can't necessarily cut this guy because the Lions already have $51 million in dead cap room that they are paying out the players who are no longer on the roster. And that includes the latest of those guys to start collecting, which is Jamie Collins. And the problem with that, Chris, is you can't have that much dead cap money and still be able to get the depth you need for your roster. And I think that's a concern for the Lions. So they have to be very judicious going forward about who they cut and more importantly, how that impacts the dead cap number that they have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And and look, they have a ton of dead cap clearing next year. The thing Mm -hmm. you don't want to do is start adding to it and taking away that, that ton of value. We were doing the math. It's like we're looking at like forty million clearing, and if right. you can get a good trade for Trey Flowers, you get some of the other stuff cleared out. It could be as much as sixty million cleared in cap next year for the Lions. That's a huge sum of money to get this rebuild on its feet. Not only is it a huge sum of money to get the rebuild going, it's a huge sum of money to offer players who are out there who may be on the fence about Detroit. Because, and I'm going to say this, and I'm again, I hope Lions fans understand the spirit this is given. It is going to take a little more money to bring some key free agents to Detroit that might normally go to a Green Bay, to a Minnesota, to a Tampa Bay, to a New England, to a Cleveland. You've got to convince them to come here. And the best way to convince them a lot of times in the NFL is to give them more money than the other people do. I was talking this about this on the weekly podcast. If you have a choice between Jacksonville or Detroit, which are probably you know equivalent sort of choices this year right now, you pay no income tax in Jacksonville. Right. And and if those are your only two choices, it's a 6%, you know, 6% raise. Why wouldn't you take the 6% raise? Especially when you're talking millions of dollars. And here's the thing, Chris. If you look at the two teams, I think you'd pick Detroit, even with the income tax situation, because at least they seem to have uh, – their rebuild is a little further along than Jacksonville's sure. is. And you got a feeling that Dan Campbell is a probably a better coach to play for at this stage of his career in the NFL than Urban Meyer is. But – there are other factors that go along with that, too. Is Jacksonville going to improve faster than Detroit? There's a lot of factors to consider if you're a player, you're a free agent, and you want to have a shot at some point of the playoffs. So, again, money might be the ultimate deciding factor, tax bracket or no, and, and the Lions are going to have to overpay maybe at least next year for a free agent, a big-name free agent or two if they want to attract somebody. Yeah, yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, also out for the Lions. Well, not out. We have a couple questionable guys, uh, key guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Brockers, Romeo Aquara, and DeAndre Swift. All questionable and limited practice on Friday. The DeAndre Swift one is the one that concerns me because that's going to put a little more on Jamal Williams. And I think I'm not unhappy completely about that, Chris, because I think Jamal Williams can make some some good yardage against the Bears. I think he can run effectively against that Bears defense. But I, DeAndre Swift is such an important part, part of the... <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm 12. I'm sorry. You it's can't get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> DeAndre Swift is such an important part of the Lions passing game that you hate to see him go because that now means Jared Goff is going to have to find some other targets that to take the pressure off the passing game that normally he would target DeAndre Swift with. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we'll, we'll talk about matchups, but yeah, DeAndre Swift, he's a guy that really is is looking like he can bring so much to the team. A little bit of injury-prone mm-hmm. stuff here, it seems. I don't think that that's the nature of who he is, but you know, time is the, is the ultimate teller of that tale. And right. this is this is the one thing with with him a little bit, but with mm-hmm. Trey especially, you know, the 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 key ability of a football player is availability, right? Correct. And and, and as great as Swift is, this this kind of injury bug and this kind of being gimped up all the time, it seems like we we we've really got to get that out of there and and see because he has a ceiling that's just through the roof. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> I got it. All right. And here's right. the thing: I didn't realize he could be so good a pass receiver as he is this year with Jared Goff. His that part of his game has really taken off and improved, and I like the opportunities that he has there. He reminds me when he does get into open space a little bit. And I'm going to bring up another name that it's going to make Lions fans wistful: Jer- Javid Best. When he gets out in open space with the speed he has and the ability to make tacklers miss. It just makes you think that you know DeAndre Swift has a ceiling that has not been reached yet. It's it's there. He can get a lot higher than he is. He just has to stay healthy and has to stay on the field. Yep, yep. Um, it's the this running game feels like a real NFL running game. Yes. We talked about this in the in the podcast this week too. It's one of those things where like Javid Best was great, but he was kind of like a flash. Like the casino game, like you pull the arm on the on the slot machine. I said, and it's you know nothing, nothing, nothing. I was like, boom, right? And you see this massive flash, where this is this is kind of you know road grader. Now yep. I don't even want to say workman like because it's been very very successful. These guys have been getting a lot of yards. It's it's a running game like we haven't really seen the kind of, and that's where the the the, the third down, the three running plays on the three downs towards the end of this Ravens game, they bothered me on one hand. But on the other hand, we wanted to run the clock, and it's been sure. very, very um, productive on the ground for this team. I didn't like the play calls of the types of runs because I don't, I didn't think they set them up for success with those plays that they called. I think running the ball there is the right thing to try to grind that clock down, but I just don't like the the, the, the runs that they called and, the, and the, the plays that they called for the run there. Um, but it, this 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 duo between Swaggy and Swift is just yeah. something special. I, this is something yeah. we haven't seen in Detroit in a long time. You know what? I was trying to think of the last time that the Lions had a in uh, outside inside duo like this, and it, I, it would have to go back to the days of what Joyke Bell and and uh, Reggie Bush, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I would go back that far. Reggie Bush, Joyke Bell. I love Jamal Williams is running on the inside. I love the fact that he is willing to take the hard hits, oh, and man. I love the fact that he can get the tough inside yardage. And again, not since Joyke Bell has the Lions had a running back who can do that. And that's why I think that having him available and having him ready to go against the Bears and giving him maybe the lion's share, no pun intended, of the carries might not be a bad thing in this game. Yeah, yeah. And you know Swaggy's rap after those hard hits and popping up has got to be great. I mean, if, you, if you're the opposing teammate, the stuff that he's, he's saying getting up, I mean, it's just got to be like, man, this guy's crazy, right? I mean, it, it's just got to be like, we just put the wood to him. He's up. He's talking about anime, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he is like a Dragon Ball Z character. Let's yeah. be honest, since that's his favorite anime or one of his favorite, he is like a, a character from that. And, and by the way, the more success he has in Detroit, the much, the more fun he has, the more we get episodes of Jamal that. Come yeah, on now. Yeah, Jamal that has been awesome to watch. Great, great stuff. It is awesome. So yeah, no, I think the best inside outside duo. I mean, Bell and uh, and Bush were were great. I think before yeah. them, you got to go back to Barry to be an inside outside duo, and he'd do it the same play, right? <laughs> it was Barry and it was Sanders. They were the best inside outside duo the Lions have had. Yeah. That was a pretty good group. It was so fun to watch. Gosh, it was great times. And and I, I regret it because, and I feel like I'm going to have the same problem with uh, Stafford. I had it with Calvin Johnson. Barry was so amazing in the moment. I loved yeah. watching him. It was so much fun. And I realized he was special. But I don't think that I really realized just how special he was in the moment. And it was afterward that, that I saw that. And and I think with golf, people are starting to have that same kind of feeling uh, yep. with Matthew Stafford. Great that we have a run that takes a little bit of the spotlight off of that. But it's just 
there's it's so hard to be the second man in after Matthew Stafford. I don't I would never want that job. Agreed. And look, if you look at Jared Goff's numbers, Chris, they're not bad. He's oh. put up some decent numbers as the quarterback of the Lions. The problem is he's not putting up the numbers that Matthew Stafford is putting up in Los Angeles. And when you put the two numbers side by side, when you look at one guy who's 0-3 and you look at the other guy who's 3-0 and and people are talking about him after the first month of the season as in the MVP of the NFL, it, it just looks really bad by comparison. I think Goff is on pace for almost 5,000 yards if he holds mm-hmm. up at the radius, which is crazy good, right? And that is that is Stafford numbers and so on, on, it's better than Stafford numbers in some years, right? I mean, those sure. will he hold up? We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But we we've had this conversation in my house after the Ravens game. My wife was like to the point of tears. She was really really hurt at at the end of that game. It really really took a lot out of her. And we, you know the Rams game was coming up, and she's like, I just can't anymore. Right mm-hmm. after the heartbreaking loss, all the lead up and the pregame stuff was not about how great Matthew Stafford was because I, I love Matthew Stafford I, and I always have. I think he's a really great human being on top of being an, a, a just an incredible football player. Agreed. But the narrative that you know he left the old clunker of Detroit, crappy Detroit. Detroit's a piece of crap, and now he's you know it's great because he's in L.A. This it, it's it's great that he's doing well, and I love that he's doing well. But the fact that they always have to leave a steaming pile of poo emoji on the city of Detroit just bothers me. And it's getting me to turn my opinion on what I want Stafford to do and value the Rams draft pick a heck of a lot more than his success. Chris, you know what this is? This is everybody loves a good Hollywood story. And now he's in L.A., the film capital of the world. So you got to put together a good story for Matthew Stafford. And the story is rags to riches. He comes from one of the hard luck franchises in the NFL to a franchise that's on the rise and was missing just one piece to be a Super Bowl contender. And he does it in one of the glitziest cities in America. And so that, of course, is the easy storyline. That's that's the story that sort of fits the facts instead of the facts fitting the story. And, and look, is it irritating? Yes. But it's also expected. You knew yeah. this was going to happen. Yeah. You knew You're if Stafford right. had any kind of success in L.A., they were going to go back to, well, now he's got a team around him. And that's fine. That's the storyline they're going to go with. Hopefully, now that we've reached October, now maybe it'll turn to the Rams are playing good football right now with Matthew Stafford as the quarterback, not, oh, my God, he escaped that hellhole that was Detroit. Hopefully, that will be the narrative now that goes forward. The first month of the season, you knew it was going to happen. That's fine. Great. But let's turn the page at this point. And I'm hoping that as we go forward, the national broadcasters, Fox, CBS, NBC, We'll start going in that direction. Well, their operations are all based in Culver City. They're all in L.A., right? So, number mm-hmm. one, they're surrounded by it. Number two, L.A., There's having lived there for 12 years, there's nothing L.A. loves to talk about more than L.A. And, Correct. <laughs> absolutely. And to make it their narrative, and they're all, right now, they are all football fans. Yep. Um, before Jared Goff was there, when the team came, here, here's here's how they are with sports. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, like hockey. The first year I moved there was the first time the Anaheim Ducks had ever won the Stanley Cup, right? Okay. Detroit was still a dynasty in hockey. It was, it was, you know, we were a hockey town. I get there, the Anaheim Ducks. It was like they win the championship. It was like the sixth item on the sports news on TV after women's high ally or something like that, right? I mean, wow. they just didn't care. There was no, like, you didn't hear a mention of it. There was no action in the city. There was nothing about, like, we won the world championship in hockey. Um, they, 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 they're like so fair weather. And it's, it's partially because there's, you can do anything. There's so much. The weather is always great. Right. You can always do something else. If your team's not good, forget it. I can go do whatever. Right In Detroit, you're a little bit locked up because the winter time, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm just going to watch football today, whatever. Uh, so I get that, but it's L.A., boy, it's, it's a funny market. It's a funny. They'll, they'll, as soon as things go wrong, they will mm-hmm. abandon it, and they'll run away and, and change the narrative. Chris, you can confirm this. There are two teams that I think in L.A. have the most support, that people will support uh, through win and win. Uh, the L.A. Dodgers yep. and the L.A. Lakers. Yep. Those are the two teams, I think, just based on being an outsider looking in, those are the two teams that I think everybody in Los Angeles or a lot of people in Los Angeles get behind and support. After that, it's like you said, if they win, you got fans. If you lose, eh, you're the sixth or seventh item. The other team, I thought, was the Los Angeles Raiders. When the Raiders were actually there, 
that I thought yeah. people actually got behind or a certain segment of Los Angeles got behind. Getting and closer. that was a pretty popular <laughs> team, but uh, yeah. not anymore. It, it, it was, it, they were really gang culture. And it was funny because yep. the, the, the one thing that people always talked about was you would see the, the, the Raider jersey wearing gangbangers after the Northridge earthquake standing next to the cops, pulling rubble off, trying to help help people out. It was really, that's one of those stories where it's a place where it's easy to crap on. And I do it all the time because I live there. Mm-hmm. But there, there are some really, really good people and they come together when it's time. Like, like people everywhere right so i was trying to be uh, nice when i said a certain element yeah, instead of yeah. saying the gangs but <laughs> yeah, you know I, I was trying to be nice it's 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 just a part of life there and it's everyone needs it, so <laughs> there you go all right on the uh bear side we have mm-hmm. uh gibson who is doubtful did not practice on friday khalil mack didn't practice until friday and was limited and he's questionable He'll um, play. yeah i know and then, <laughs> and this one I'm going to need your help with. This is this is a oh god I know which one you're going for. Go Joel Igbunye. I had it before the game. Igbunye. Thank you. He is also <laughs> did not practice and out. I, I, if he wasn't out, I would have skipped it. <laughs> so Igbunye is out. I can do Joel I is out. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Joel I. <laughs> I learned that go. from Jim Brandstatter. If you can't pronounce the last name, just use the first initial of the last name and go from there. <laughs> just run past it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Khalil Mack will play. That that's kind of stinks. Hopefully he's a little bit uh a, a little bit um not quite the full Khalil Mack. He is aging. He is slowing down. One thing I'm yes. a little bummed out about, I I kind of wanted to see our real offensive line this year against a real Khalil Mack. I just wanted to use it as like a measuring stick, and I'm I'm not sure that's going to happen. I know Decker will be back. We'll see what the Thanksgiving game holds. We'll see if everybody's healthy and we have everything together because I think that would be a really fun matchup, the Mack to the Sewells and the Deckers. I agree. And look, if he plays, and I believe he will play, and my it's to me in my gut 99% certain he'll play, Chris, the one matchup you've got to watch for, they're probably going to try to put him on the side with Mike Norton, the right tackle, just simply because Penny Sewell has proven himself to be a good left tackle. Maybe not exactly a good right tackle, but he's definitely playing well at left tackle. And I could just see the Bears making it in such a way where Mack lines up against Mike Norton and tests him, which means you might have to keep a running back or you might have to keep a a tight end like TJ Hawkinson in to at least chip Khalil Mack and slow him down to give Jared Goff a little bit of time. And they've done pretty well with that. I think they've done really well yes, with, with with using their tight ends and their running backs to help with the blocking. I'm I'm still super impressed with this offensive line and, and Hank Fraley, what he's done with them to to fill in with the gaps. We were terrified before the season started about the just drop off in yes. quality of depth after the starters and, and they've held up. So great job, Lions, great job, Hank Fraley, great jo- great job, offensive line. Chris, spin the wheel of quarterbacks. Who's going to start for the Bears? Oh, I think Justin Fields. I, I really do. I just think Fields is starting. I I think they're they. I think Nagy is in a place where he has to go with Fields because he's the draft pick. And if they yep. lose with Fields, he may still hold on to his job. Losing to the Lions is going to be a tough loss for the, the for the Bears for for him to keep his job. Frankly, yeah, I agree. And so I, I think if he goes with Fields with the young guy, he has a little bit of an out because he's the rookie, he's new, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, and it may help protect his job. That's my thinking. It's I'm not in Nagy's head. I, I just know he wants to be you. It's always on his on his play calling card, and he, maybe he should try to be somebody else. <laughs> I think, yeah, <laughs> I love that on his card. Um, I think it's going to be Andy Dalton. I think they're holding out hope that Andy Dalton is good enough on Sunday to at least make the effort to go against the Lions. And I think you hit it right on the head why I think it's going to be Andy Dalton because Matt Nagy's job is on the line right now. If they go to one and four, let's see, no, one and three, sorry. This is the fourth week. If they go to one and three, yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. There's a pretty good possibility, Chris, that he might not survive into the second half of the season. There's a pretty good chance if they're one and three and maybe start losing more games, there's a chance that when they come back for Thanksgiving, it might be Mike Furry as head coach or somebody else's head coach instead of Matt Nagy. So I think he's going to do everything possible to win and quiet the critics. He's gotten the vote of confidence from the front office, but I just think that he knows he needs to win at this point. If he gets the bears back to 500, if they're two and two after Sunday, he's got a little bit of breathing room, not a lot, but he gets a little more breathing room than he would if they're one and three at this point. So I think Andy Dalton is going to be the starter on Sunday. 
Yeah. Okay. Now that that that's absolutely uh, a great great uh, logic. I think. Look, I think losing to the Lions, the, and and I'll say it even as a as you know looking for the, out for the Lions here, losing to the lowly Lions is going to be devastating for that team and that franchise. That could be the the straw that breaks the camel's back for them. Not just this week, Chris. Next week as well. Let's watch what happens in Minnesota because right. Mike Zimmer turned the heat down on his seat by beating Seattle on Sunday. But if they go into the Lions game one and three. And lose that home. could turn the, and lose to the Lions. He's one and four. That might turn the heat up on Mike Zimmer. So the Lions actually in the next two weeks could determine who the head coaches of the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears might be either later on down the road or in 2022. Could this be the year of the meltdown of the NFC North with Aaron Rodgers and his oh, yeah. his, his struggles in, in in Green Bay, the coaches in in Minnesota and in Chicago, and the Lions kind of a year ahead on the the kind of throwing things together. It's it's going to be. If these things melt down, as I hope and predict they do, uh, is it going to be an exciting season next year to see how this division really starts shaking out? Chris, think about this. This offseason could see Aaron Rodgers get dealt from Green Bay, could see Matt Nagy fired, and could see Mike Zimmer fired. That's That would make the Lions, and this is going to sound really bizarre, the Lions might be the most stable franchise in the NFC North this offseason because they have no coaching changes that they are going through. They might lose one. They might lose Anthony Lynn, maybe the USC, depending on how that goes. Right. I don't right. think it's going to happen, but it's something to watch. But they might be the most stable franchise in the NFC right now, in the NFC North right now, if the Aaron Rodgers things happens and if the Bears and Vikings decide to dump their head coaches in the offseason. Yeah. I think it's such a bad play on the Bears' part, going back to Justin Fields. You mm-hmm. draft Matt, Matt Nagy drafts him. I mean, I know it's like he drops you when you're the Bears. You can't. And then they traded up for him, but you can't mm-hmm. not take Justin Fields when you're the Bears and you've needed a quarterback for decades. But you're on your last legs as a coach. You don't draft a quarterback because that's just never the solution for your team is a is a is a draft pick quarterback, right? I mean, it's it's that's just such a crazy move. It's it's as if we would have instead of Okuda, we'd have drafted, you know. I, I don't even remember last year a quarterback for development. Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, Tua. Thank you very much. Good one, Tua. When we have Stafford in hand, like we think we do. Yep. His, can you imagine what his departure would have been like if we had we had drafted Tua? Like the, what the storyline would have been around that whole thing. And you think Aaron Rodgers' thing was a mess? It, this would be just a. It would be a dumpster fire, right? But to try to save, you know, you don't do that to save your job as a GM and a, and a right. head coach. Gosh. You can't do that. You draft a quarterback like that if you know you're going to have another year or two with him. Right. Not draft a quarterback with the 10th overall pick that you traded up for, knowing that you might not be there in year two when he's supposed to make the biggest jump from year one. So it after, was after an giving interesting away the, draft. Sorry, say it again. After, after giving away the farm for your last quarterback that you got exactly. that didn't do anything for you. It was an interesting pick, and it was one that I liked at the time. But when you sit down and you look at it like you just did, Chris, it's crazy to think that Matt Nagy's job hinges on whether Justin Fields actually develops into a good NFL quarterback. And based on what I saw against the Cleveland Browns, and I watched that game with interest, Chris, he looked awful. He got sacked nine times, and I think half the sacks were because he held on to the ball too long. And if you're Justin Fields, you got it. If you're Matt Nagy, you got to design the offense in such a way to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And your running game with David Montgomery has to be better than it's been the last couple of weeks. And that. That helps out Justin Fields a lot if he plays. And I got a feeling even if Andy Dalton starts, he is going to play quite a bit against the Lions. If you're Matt Nagy, you just have to be you. <laughs> All, right. All right. I think that covers the matchups. I think we got good good, good coverage on there. Let's talk about the odds brought to you by Amazon. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Anytime you want to buy something from Amazon, from anywhere. Don't go see people. Don't interact with, with other humans. There's there's cooties out there. Go to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. <laughs> Get yourself everything you need and uh, live the happy life of a healthy person that doesn't have to deal with other sicky yickies. All right. Let's I accuse my wife of having cooties all the time, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My, actually, my wife actually does. She is absolutely miserable right now. She is. Oh, God, I feel so bad for her. All right. Where's Vegas? Um, the spread is an interesting Bears favored at minus three. Stay away. Yeah. Yeah. Stay away. Yeah. <laughs> my opinion, stay away. I think the game is going to be a close one. And I think a little too close for you to either take the three or give the. Th- I'm sorry. I'd stay away from the line just in yeah, case. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's I've I've. Oh, we'll talk about that. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Moneyline has the Lions at plus 125. 
and the the Bears at minus one forty five. I mean, if I have to pick one between those, I'm going to take the Lions. Yeah, uh, I don't like that minus one forty five because it is just just too close, right? I agree. I'd take the plus one twenty five in this case with the money line. Yep. Over under forty one. I didn't quiz you on it. Sorry, Tony. I usually do. That's okay. Uh, forty one. That's a low over under. I think, but I think it's still high. <laughs> I think it's high. I think it's going to be a low lower scoring game than that. I I think yeah. I, see, that's the thing. I think it's going to be low scoring. The weather in Chicago makes me think it's going to be low scoring, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But uh just when you think it's going to be a low scoring game, it. it especially with these two clubs, you just never know. I'm sorry. I stay. The only thing I look at is the money line at this point, the, the over under and the actual point spread, I would stay away from because just when you think it's going to be low scoring, this could be a high scoring game. And it wouldn't surprise me based on the way both defenses played last week. If this thing turns out to be a, a decently high scoring game, well above 41. And it would be based but, on the um, run game, right? I mean, you yes, would just see absolutely. these guys mudded out. And and if you think about uh, Montgomery, you think about uh, Williams, and, he, and, and even Swift, if if, he, yep. if he's playing, those are guys that are going to be able to move the ball against defenses that are uh, that aren't at their peak in covering the run. We'll put it that. Correct. Way. So I would stay away from that. Uh, the like I said, the only thing I would, if it's me, if it's my money, I stick with the money line, and I just that's it. That's all I'm going to look at at this point. Yep. All right, we'll get to the Fanatics final outcome. If you want to get your gear, you want to rock your team swag, head to fanatics.detroitlinespodcast.com fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com and go get your game day gear, your weekday wear, your uh, college gear, hockey, pistons, the whole deal. It's all available there and it's the official real high quality stuff. The shirts, the shirts are oh, so soft. They're not so comfortable, nice to wear. <laughs> fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Okay, Tony, here you go. You're on the you're on the clock. You have a prediction for the Lions and Bears. I do. But first, let me tell you what the weather is going to be like. Soft. According to our friends at the Weather Channel, rain showers, possibility of thunderstorms arriving in the afternoon, 60% chance of rain at kickoff, 72 degrees. So factor that into your thinking here a little bit. Um, it's a beautiful tell you what, Chris, I, I like the Lions. I like the Lions to come out and beat the Bears, and I've got three reasons for it. One, I think they were absolutely embarrassed by what happened against the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. And... The up-down theory goes, this was a loss that has the Lions pretty down at this point, and they had to hear about it all week. They had to watch the highlights on television. They had to hear people talking about this being a cursed franchise, and I think they want to get that off their backs. They want to get rid of that. They want to get away from that. They don't want to be that organization in that franchise. Number two, Dan Campbell said all of the right things this week. I, I heard him say to the reporters that, you know, they've moved on from the Ra- the Ravens game. They have moved on. They're, they're no longer thinking about it. They don't care what the officials had to say. They don't care. They have moved on. And I like that. And number three, Chris, that uncertainty at quarterback, whether it's Dalton, whether it's Goff, or I'm sorry, well, they're not going to trade for Jared Goff. Whether it's Dalton, whether it's Justin Fields, whether it's Nick Foles, when you go into a game with multiple quarterbacks like that, you don't have one. So all of that says Lions 23-20, at Soldier Field in the rain over the Bears. Very interesting. Okay, yeah, you, and and I'm not so far away from you. I was I'm I got started getting nervous that you were gonna pick my numbers here. Um, I too <laughs> go with the Lions, and I too go with and this isn't you know they talk about that that hate sex, <laughs> grudge sex, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going that far with my prediction, Chris, but all for you, pal. <laughs> they, they want to do some effing. I'll just say that, okay? <laughs> They're not a happy group of people. They know what happened. They were oh. absolutely embarrassed, and I have, a, I have a sense that these players are not happy at all about how that game turned out because that's in, in, in their mind, if I'm one of those players – those refs stole away the first win from my head coach, who is one of one of us. He's he's mm-hmm. he's right here. He's not just in the locker room. He's side by side, shoulder to shoulder with us in the locker room, and that sure. was his first win, and he deserved it. And we tried to put it on the platter, and we let him down on that. This team is going out angry, and yep. they, and they want to go win this game. Conversely, uh, that Cleveland game, the Chicago was absolutely embarrassed. I think that they are confused. I think that they are 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 on their heels. Uh, on their back foot, as they like to say, across the pond. Um, I don't see them bouncing back from that against an angry Lions team. I think they're going to probably 
work on the fundamentals this week in practice and try to come back and play a simpler game plan and try to simplify and work on getting the ball out of uh, Justin Fields' hands because I think he's starting <laughs> uh, instead of getting him sacked. I just don't think they're going to come strong enough to beat an angry Lions team who is just starving for that first win for their coach. I see this as 21-17 Lions, which is nice. why if I lean on the over-under, if I'm forced to, I, I go with the under on this. But I See, again, you're we, under we, and I'm over, and it's just, uh, yeah, yeah. It, that just makes me crazy. The other thing, Chris, they gave up nine sacks last week. And the Lions, the one thing they can do, as they proved against the Ravens, they can put pressure on the quarterback. And I don't care, again, if it's Dalton with the bad knee or if it's Fields or if it's Nick Foles, the Lions are going to get pressure on the quarterback. And I just think that tips the game into the Lions' favor unless the Bears come out with a quick passing attack. And even then, I don't know how effective that's going to be against the Lions. And, I mean, can can you just contrast last year's the pressure from the defensive line versus mm-hmm. this year? You talk about a 180-degree turn. I mean, what, what what was the team? Single-digit sacks last year? It felt like it, right? <laughs> it felt like it. And here's the thing, Chris. They had to generate a lot of that pressure with blitzes. This year, that's not the case. The Lions are getting pressure with four-man fronts. Sometimes the linebackers do come in and help, but for the most part, the defensive line has been playing well enough to get pressure on quarterbacks with just simple four-man fronts dropping seven in the coverage. I like that about the Lions. I like the fact that they're able to do that. That fourth and 19 play that we talked about, was a three-man rush, eight men in coverage. But you know what? They did get a little bit of pressure before he stepped up into the pocket on Lamar jo- uh, Jackson. So to me, they're getting the pressure they need to this year with their defensive line, which is something they couldn't do last year under Matt Patricia, which when you think about the pedigree is a little bit surprising. Can, yeah, and can we just really quick give credit where due against that, that sure. Baltimore defense? That line yeah. was just incredible last yep. week. That is a dream defensive line, the stunts, the scheme. It was amazing. It was absolutely yep. amazing to see that team, that game. But I'll say on the line, in, the, in behalf of the Lions defense, and this happened against with the, the Rams last year with the Lions and mm-hmm. the Chiefs prior, the Lions were the team that they weren't able to pull out the win, but they built the template on how to beat that team. And Lamar Jackson, there is a template now how to contain him and how to force him to do what he's not the best at. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because Aaron Glenn told reporters this week at his weekly press conference that other NFL teams have contacted him about the game plan they used against the Baltimore Ravens to keep Lamar Jackson under control. That's a nice compliment because if other teams are going to try to do what you did, that means you did something incredibly right. And the Lions did do a very good job in keeping Jackson under control. They didn't keep Justin Tucker under control. That's a different story. But they did just enough to keep them and keep them in the game and gave them a chance to win, which they couldn't pull off in the end. But still, that was an impressive game plan. Hopefully, that's similar to what they'll do against the Chicago Bears on Sunday. Yeah, and, and the level of improvement we've seen from this team and and talent, frankly, these the first three teams we played are all in the conversation for Super Bowl contenders yes. this year. We played three extremely tough teams this year to start off the season, and we played pretty well. In the first two games, we played two you know, a great half in each game and showed that we could Correct. hang with those guys and we could we could threaten those guys. Uh, against the Ravens, we played a pretty decent game. We got lucky with some drops, but that's part of the game as well. I mean, the, the whole, we showed we could play with them and beat them. Uh, but <laughs> but <laughs> what a way to come out of there with this team. You know, going into the season, looking at the talent, and if you would have said Jeff Okuda was out in game one, and you mm-hmm. you looked at who we were playing. You know, you would have just turned and said, "These are going to be blowouts. We've, we're, yep. we're going to lose Taylor Decker and Jeff Okuda. The, and, and, and Jared Goff's our quarterback. We're going to get blown the heck out." And 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 they weren't. I mean, they played very very well and, and above. I think the 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 talent level that is probably individually in those players. There were so many people who thought that the Lions were going to get blown out by the Baltimore Ravens that it was surprising to me that when I said, "Okay, the Lions are going to keep this close and they all have a chance to win." People looked at me like I was crazy. They were, you know, oh, you're a homer. No, it's just the fact that the Ravens played such a, a a big game against the Chiefs the week before that they could not manufacture the same kind of excitement, the same type of energy level, the same type of momentum that they did against Kansas City, against the Lions, and the Lions took advantage. That's why I think the Lions will have that momentum coming into Sunday against Chicago because they want to shut their critics up. They want to prove that what you saw against the Baltimore Ravens was exactly the way this team is going to play. And again, when you lose a game like that, the way they did, 
the next week you want to go out there and prove to everybody that that was a fluke, that that's not your team, that you are not the bad news bearers or the hard luck lions. You want to go out there and prove that you are a better team than that. I used to think you were Morpheus with the red pill versus blue pill option when we talk. <laughs> I have come to learn that you are the Oracle. <laughs> wow. I'm not sure how to take Thank you. It was definitely it being Thanos, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. With Don't forget, we have a post-game show. It'll be Sandman and I this week, after, right after the game on Sunday, hopefully celebrating a Lions win over the Bears. Lions Nation Unite. Don't forget, lionsnationunite.com. Great place to go. Herman Moore started a wave, and it's the fans' job to keep it going. A lot of great conversation going on there. Get over there. Join it. Have some fun. Don't forget about our Super Chat when you see us on Sunday or today. You can still get them in there. And don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Get in there. Get access to the Slack. We all hang out. It's Chris and Riz. And Tony, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to send you an, an invite, and you can join if you want. Okay. Because it's a lot of fun. It's I haven't seen Riz in a while. I miss Riz. He, he says he misses you, too. He's gonna. He will be in touch. He, he's, <laughs> he, he, he really misses. He's. It's a daughter thing, right? you got to do the daddy-daughter thing. He's got, oh, yeah. Got no doubt. This no week, doubt. He's dying that he can't be here with us. But... He's looking forward at least into the fifth when we get to chat again uh, as a group. But uh, yeah, check it out. The Slack is amazing. Some of the best chat and and insights and and folks doing some in depth kind of review of the games and and there's some really really good takes in there. Respectful conversations, respectful disagreement. It's an absolutely the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. I call it that for a reason. You know, it's great. Patreon.com/slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Get in there as little as a dollar a month or more. We'll get you access to that Slack. Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, at DET Lions Podcast, and at AJ Ortiz 3. AJ Ortiz 3. And you can get a hold of Tony, who's he's got the he's got the, the city on lockdown all day, every day until 7 p.m. on WWJ 950. Check it out. Great stuff. Um, give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or on the Lions line, 929 33 Lions. It's 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your face automatically. <laughs> and if you're watching it live, do that like button and just give us a little like. Just click that button. Or if you're really feeling generous, throw a subscribe at us and you can uh, you can talk in the chat too and hang out with us. We love you guys. All right, thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.